The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to Dugout Study Hall, a remedial course in baseball stats and proud member of the Pitcherless Podcast Network. I'm your host and expert, Layman Matt Goodwin, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host and your fake baseball economist, Alexander Chase. You can find our show at Dugout Study Hall on the Bird app and email us directly at dugoutstudyhall at gmail.com. We really want your questions and comments, so send them our way. On this episode, we look into what makes an all-star from the point of view of the numbers, the fans, and what we think, pretending that that matters at all. But before we dive into all that, Alexander, how you doing? Hey, not too bad. Um, we're not going to talk about weather first thing again this week, are we? Uh, we can talk about anything you want. How, what's new? What's what's on the horizon? What plans do you have for the summer? Well, I, I watch a lot of soccer also. I don't think we talk about that on here a whole lot. And uh, yeah. the European Championships just started. So yes, between that and uh, Copa America, you can basically start watching soccer at 9 a.m. and stop at like 10 p.m. And there will be like a match on most of the day, essentially, that has <laughs> some sort of importance, depending on who you ask. Um, and I love that. Uh, I am the sort of person who watches like about two um, full soccer matches a week during the year uh so this mm. is like a yeah. nice overload yeah yeah I, and I have a question for you i was actually talking about this at work today we were talking about the euro cup and why it's such a big deal and and whether it matches anything that happens here in the u.s and this was my position and then you can go ahead and tell me where and why i'm wrong because i'm not as much of a soccer fan but this is maybe my theory uh you know the united states all of our sports except uh, I guess college football doesn't have a great playoff system, but it still has a system. We have playoffs, right? And uh, mm-hmm. Euro soccer leagues don't have playoffs. Mm-hmm. So this is my theory. The reason why these things are such a big deal, World Cup, Euro Cup, not only is it that people are playing for the countries that they live in, right? Which is a big thing and sense Huge of pride. Deal. yeah. But it's a tournament style, which is something that they don't usually get to get behind. And that generates a lot of excitement. Am I onto something here? Alexander, um, there are some nibbles where you're kind of wrong. Like they have cup con- <laughs> competitions throughout the year that are just differently important, right? So, okay. like in England, they'll have the FA Cup throughout the year, which is completely unrelated from which league you're in. Every English team, like if we had a pub soccer league, we're capable of being a part of that tournament. Um, we will okay. lose somewhere along the yeah, way. Yeah, right. But, but that exists. <laughs> um, and then, you know, every pretty much every com- country has something that's similar to that, depending on how inclusive or exclusive it is. Um, 
but also then there's like the Champions League and the Europa League and the other like right, intercontinental right. tournament things, which are also really highly prized, especially by the biggest teams. So the thing you're right about, though, is obviously the feeling of importance of like the 36th match day, like isn't always going to be there. Essentially, your results have kind of been decided in the same way that in baseball, your results are kind of slowly decided by some stupid base running mistakes in July. Uh, so it's really fun to be able to put a gigantic amount of importance on whether, you know, someone happens to be healthy for one random day in July yeah, or if yeah, someone yeah, right. makes a brain fart. So um, <laughs> I love um, any sport where you get that sort of like today could be the day that might season ends and i won't have a chance yeah. to rectify this mistake yeah the right, right. just make I, it so much fun i uh when i was about 16 i was in germany uh for a few weeks in the summertime and we went to go see uh, a hamburg bayern uh, munchen game and um the intensity of that game i'll just say this it's not i have never felt the same intensity at any sporting event in america uh, and that's not not entirely fair. I haven't been to, you know, like game sevens of a World Series. Um, but this wasn't that either. It was just a game and, and the intensity of that. And the, not even just the game itself, but like the train ride there and the walk to the stadium in the crowd and all of it. It was it was a, a unique experience, to say the least. Yeah, I, I like to actually sort of liken it in some ways to like college football, but more so and for everyone. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, I I know this is a baseball podcast, um, yes, but I indeed. do think that kind of like other sports are good too. Is sure yeah. worth well. Listen, I mean, this isn't a weather podcast, but we always seem to land there anyway. So, I think oh, yeah. uh, talking yeah, about a little f- a little non-American football, uh, we can we can do that for a few minutes. Um, what we're going to really focus on in this episode, though, is uh, the All-Star, uh, not the All-Star game. Obviously, that's not going to happen for a little bit, but the balloting uh, that's going on right now and the the kind of the first run of where everybody is uh, was released the other day by by the MLB. We're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try and, and steal a page out of your book. Friday. Some people hate it when, when when people call it that the MLB. So that's just a shout out to you, Alexander. Um, and uh, obviously the uh, the Twitter debate and and social media and uh, you know talking heads of sports uh, jumped right on it and and have spent a lot of time talking about it. So you know with our unique angle, I think there's some cool ways we can look at this. Um, we could look at like if if we were to take all of the humanity out of it and the computers were picking the all stars, uh, what might they have to say? Um, obviously, looking at then what the fans are saying and then. At the end of it all, what the two of us think, which is clearly the most important here. <laughs> um, but before we jump into that, I do want to touch on something that we have talked about in previous episodes and kind of put a fine point on it. Um, I don't know how much more time we need to spend, but I do think it's important for us to address the the uh, missive that came out from MLB about pitchers and, and sticky substances on balls and what the rules are, because um, I'm actually very surprised at, at how... Um, uh, strict is I don't know if that's the right word, but I think it, it is. Like it's yeah, it's like mid season. It's a it's a total shift once the season's already begun, and I think it's it's pretty like um uh dr- draconian too too harsh. Um, it it just seems to be uh, uh first of all out of character for MLB, <laughs> and second of all a little unfair midstream. 
Um, I was just wondering, uh, quite honestly, what your your take on all of this was. We've seen a, a bunch of pitchers kind of talk about this a little uncensored. You don't usually get people talking the way that they do. You know, you get the the softball questions after a game, and well, you know, it's a team thing, and it's a that and a this and the other thing. And and we've heard a bunch of pitchers come out and be like, yeah, this is kind of, uh, you know, not great. They've used saltier language. Um, yeah. You know, so I'm, th- I'm wondering where you're where you stand on all this. Well, I think there's a really interesting comparison that you and I can draw and have a laugh at is, you know, it if you have like maybe a co-worker or another um, another teacher on staff, maybe that's not even on your grade level, that mm-hmm. maybe isn't the most like respected by the students, mm-hmm. that like isn't taken the most seriously by the students, that suddenly tries to go full on, you know, like boot camp, these are going to be my rules sometime in like november um yeah right right you know how are the kids going to take that I, yeah. I think there's an easy way where it's like it's your job to listen to the rules rules are rules and you have to follow them and the logic just kind of circles around that way and i tend to find that that is just garbage um because that's not how the world works like i'm very much like a, yeah like the fancier way to say it is i'm kind of like a spirit of the law sort of person when it mm-hmm. comes to things like i understand that rules are not necessarily what's written down but so much as like the norms that we have settled in around them um yes right we don't ticket people for going one mile an hour one mile an hour over the speed limit um now there are some places where like literally the law is you have to be going a certain number of miles over so there's 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 a part of that right but still the the signs that 60 if you're going 61 you are technically breaking the rule and i think that sort of speeding analogy really ties into what we wish we could be doing for a lot of this like sticky stuff right yeah um, yeah i there's so much discourse about this and i think a lot of people have kind of shown who they are as like minds in some really interesting ways and i think that's another part of it you know what are people's biases how can they talk about it in their field um it's been really interesting uh to hear like from more like the baseball labor side um i listen to tipping pitches i don't know if you're familiar with them they're mm. great very labor focused podcast and one of the things they have brought up is how the MLB continues to like spin all of this to make it sound like it's the player's fault because they've been breaking right. the rules the whole time. And, you know, but there it's are been very of... permissive by MLB knowing full well what's been going on. It's like the, the parent who lets their kids do uh, things they're not supposed to do in the basement in high school, all of a sudden, you know, saying, Oh, whoa, well, I mean, they're both the ones doing this, all this stuff. Well, you're the parent, you're the one who's in charge. You're the one who's supposed to be setting the example and being responsible. Right. Yeah. Like they are the management right isn't right. their job to manage is like particularly the line that i've thought a whole lot about so um i think this is one of those cases where um a lot of very smart people have some opinions i very strongly disagree with and it's kind of interesting mm-hmm. to see how those sorts of lines break out um but yeah uh i i do think that like making sure that you kind of fit this into your broader understanding of how baseball and kind of like league politics works is really important um because you have to do that all of the time. Uh, baseball yeah. is never just a bunch of numbers. It is a result of people's choices and a lot of money. Yeah. So uh, the concrete takeaways for me, and then we will move on from from this. Uh, you know, it's 
been talked about by us a lot and by plenty of people out there. If you want to hear more about it, there's lots of places you can go. I did find it very interesting that MLB came out and and said basically two things. One, it it gives the pitchers an advantage, a clear advantage. And number two, it it, uh, kind of against what I've heard is conventional wisdom. It is making pitches less accurate, not more accurate, that hit by pitches are up. Now, listen, I don't know whether there's real truth to that or whether that's a spin or an angle, but that is what they said. Um, and so I, I that's can very why they, easily talk about why that's bad science, essentially. Um, you yeah, know. I mean, listen, yeah, whoever, if you really want to dig into this, you can, uh, you can question the credibility of it. Um, but they are using that as a, a talking point as a, you know, the way that I teach kids to write, you know, so, so cite the evidence. Um, that's the evidence they're citing. Uh, I, I do think that's interesting because one of the arguments that, that, uh, hitters have used is like, I don't really care if they're doing it up to this point, just not beyond that point is I, I think they could get a better feel and, and all of that. Um, we've also heard people talk about how the new baseballs are even worse for feel this year. Um, and that that's kind of caused a little bit of an uptick. There's just so many things around the the periphery of this. I'm going to boil this down to a couple of reasons why I hate that they've done this, this way at this time. And those are important caveats for me. I don't have a problem with here's the rule, follow the rule. I do have a problem with here's the rule, we're going to not enforce the rule forever and then suddenly enforce the rule. I don't like that. I don't think that's fair and I don't think that's something that pitchers can plan for. Um, and you know, it just it's consistency is important when you're trying to uh, enforce or set and enforce rules, whether you're talking about little kids or whether you're talking about adults. When you're talking about humans, expectations, consistency is huge, and this is not consistent. Um, and doing it mid-season, I think, is uh, absolutely deplorable. I, I I think it's such a bad look to to say here we've painted the lines on the field. And then we don't like the way it's resonating PR-wise, mostly because a couple of pitchers have talked about it. I mean, this kind of all goes back to two pitchers disliking each other. Um, and uh, and because we think it's a bad PR look for the league and for us, we're going to change this midstream and, again, market it as being the pitchers being the evil, horrible villains of this story, just like they did with steroids. You know, they did the same thing. Um, you know, we're going to protect you. All of a sudden this information is leaked. And then who are the villains of the steroid story? The, the steroid users. Now I'm not for steroids, but I am very much against MLB basically turning a blind eye because they thought it was good for the game yeah, and then immediately yeah, yeah. turning around and blaming the players when suddenly they think it's bad for the league. It's, it's not about consistency of values. This isn't about morals. This isn't about ethics. It's not about right and wrong. It's about MLB covering its own backside. I hate that. That bothers me more than anything. It's very transparent about that too. You know, I think when you see them concocting a so simple, you can debunk it in two lines. Like literally there are non sticky stuff reasons why there are more hit by pitches. We're finding more people who throw really hard and not Mm -hmm. who are specializing in um, like, hitting the corners that's who they are as people um that is a yep. way to be a pitcher there are more of those pitchers than there used to be and hit by pitches have gone up mostly as a result of you know people gripping it and ripping it um well also to mirroring it, right? has gotten better too i think pitchers have gotten better at fooling hitters and so yeah, they're so not they able they're not to get hit right yeah they're gonna so, get hit more because it takes that that little bit of time to get out of the way away from them so when you see you know mlb come out and say like yeah, hit by pitches are up. And also you guys have been doing some weird stuff with goop. Therefore the goop is the cause. 
you don't say something that's that like blind to context unless you absolutely have to have a shoehorned in argument that counters the main argument for why like the sunscreen and rosin thing exists to begin with. Yeah, they it's are not causal saying those words necessarily because they need to have something to counter the prevailing widely accepted argument, not yeah. because it's correct. Yeah, I mean, I I actually use this in class with kids when I'm talking to them about, like, make a point and make sure that your evidence supports what you're saying. If I slam my car door and at the same time across the street, a squirrel falls out of a tree, uh, just because those two things happen at the same time doesn't mean my car door closing causes squirrels to fall out of trees. It's just, it's absurd when you take it to that extreme, uh, but it's just as absurd when it's not quite as obvious that it's absurd. Yeah, yeah, so... I think that, you know, it, this is going to get talked to death. I think that it's really important for us as, like, consumers to kind of know who it is we trust. Um, you know, this is kind of why I tend to get worked up a lot about, like, the Hall of Fame stuff, is it really shows who you are, um, where you fall on those sort of stuff. And if where you fall is that you don't care all a lot, I can kind of live with that. There are a lot of people who get worked up in really specific directions, though, and it reveals their biases and their lenses and i think it's important for us to be able to pick people that we can trust on like a deliver us the news accurately and with a sort of Hmm. curiosity um because if you don't a baseball problem though that's right right that's an across the board problem right but you have to be curious about the people who are giving you the news right sure a lot of beat writers local beat writers uh you know they are having to take what are very obviously going to be press releases from teams that are pre-spun and have to decode them. And uh, I think it's on us to kind of sort through who's willing to do the decoding and who's willing to kind of just say what um, they're told to say, who the water carriers mm. are. Sure. I mean, and again, that's that's a societal thing right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all sorts of sources of information. That is definitely not a thread that we're going to pull at right now, though. <laughs> no, I think we can kind of just leave it at it's important to be curious about that. And we can rant about a lot of that yeah. elsewhere if yeah. we need to later. Or at the very least, have people be transparent about what their angle is. You know, if, yeah, yeah, if yeah. somebody's like, hey, I'm, I'm about social justice. And so I do think it matters that Kurt Schilling's not a great human being. At least then you know why they are taking the position that they're taking and you can either accept it or you can counter it you can you know you can digest it in a way that um that matches its intent people who are kind of doing that without being very clear about their biases or their opinions or their points of view and selling it as objectivity that's that is problematic for sure yeah um all right let's move on to our number of the week and this is going to get into um our our topic really the rest of the the show is going to really be focused on on all stars, so the first round of votes came out the other day, um, and I'm going to hit you with this number. I'm sure it's different now uh, because there's been a few more days, right? But uh, at the time it was released, the leading vote getter had eight hundred and fifty seven thousand nine hundred and fifty six votes. Do you know who the leading vote getter was? Of course, it was Vladimir Guerrero Jr., um, the person who should probably be the MVP of the league right now. Yes, um, it definitely was him. Uh, and there were actually only two players in the 800,000s. Yeah. Uh, the other was uh, Acuna with 834,287. Now, keep that number in mind. Those are our, our top two, uh, 857 and uh, 834. Um, yeah, pretty close. Yeah. 
yeah, pretty close in the scheme of things. But I want the number I want to jump to here. I'm gonna just uh, switch over here to a different screen so that I can get this number exactly right. Is the lowest number of votes for somebody who's leading, like in their two, position, in their position, right? Is two hundred and ninety-five thousand four hundred and seventy-eight, which is t- that actually blew my mind when I saw the discrepancy there, uh, and that's um. That's Ozzy Albies for second yeah. base in the National League. Yeah, which is, I think, of all of the people and of all of the positions we're going to get to, probably the one that's been kind of most difficult. Um, there's been a lot of uh, interesting discussion about this online, and I think um, the interesting thing about this I want to point to is that um, you can disagree quite a bit about mm-hmm. a category, right? It does not seem as though people are mightily disagreeing about um, who should be uh, the person selected at a lot of positions. And I want to say before we get too far that I think the public's done a really good job. Uh, I think the leaders that we're going to get to today are pretty deserving. There are a couple people who are like in second or third who maybe aren't. And I am going to have a good laugh about that. But um, I kind of want to tie that back to a whole other thing. Like Ozzy Albies, has he been the second or has he been the best second baseman in the National League? Man, I don't know. Probably not, actually. I, I think he's. I think other people have been better than him. Uh, but fans in Atlanta are voting and care. And sure, uh, I want to just say, like, before we kind of like get too far, like that's also a thing that I'm very happy about that people care enough to go do this. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I I, I have this uh, little little teaser for later in our pass fail segment talking about the process itself and and the fact that fan voting is the way this is done. Um, that obviously matters if you have a rabid fan base that's going to bolster uh, the candidates from that team. And maybe somebody who isn't the quote unquote the best gets in. But if you feel strongly, go vote, <laughs> you know, call your friends and have them vote, too. Um, and unlike to, like uh, go door knocking to get. People yeah, to like some, some, show like, <laughs> some door-to-door do campaigns. That. But I was going to say, unlike uh, poli- uh, politicians and political races, you are allowed to vote more than once in <laughs> all star balloting. Uh, it's not uh, illegal. It's encouraged. So, um, you know, that uh, it's a wild card. And I guess whether you like it or don't like it is going to depend upon whether you like the variability of that. But we'll circle back to that when we get to pass fail. Um, I just thought it was really remarkable that there was such a discrepancy. And and uh, let me ask you this. Do you think that it's because people are just super divided or do you think people are like v- skipping that and not voting for somebody? Okay, so I think it's pretty easily because most people are voting for like all of the guys on their own team and then maybe teams, the one or yeah. two guys they know elsewhere. Um, so what gets you to vote? Um, one, you're a fan of a big team that's doing well so you're actually Mm -hmm. watching the games and they tell you to go vote and you go vote Uh, and that's how there are dodgers at every single position in like the top five (laughs) um even though like which dude on the dodgers has even played 10 games is often like a serious question we'll get to that but that's one reason why you vote (laughs) the second is that you're someone like me um who cares about a handful of players cares about the game and will just vote because they're curious um i've only voted like three times um Mm -hmm. One of them is because I saw an Orioles tweet about Cedric Mullins, and I yep. was like, oh, yeah, I should go vote for Cedric Mullins. Um, one of them was because I was doing the prep for this show, and the other one was because <laughs> I was doing the prep for this show, and I wanted to vote again because I changed my mind. Um, <laughs> there you go. But, you know, like, how many people out there who are – and I actually want to get to a team really quickly. This might be going a little bit out of order, but um, 
a team that doesn't have anyone really represented that's playing pretty well is the Milwaukee Brewers. There's just not mm-hmm. as many Brewers fans, even though the team's pretty good. They don't have any super standout guys, but if they were a big market team with a huge fan base, you'd probably see some more of their like pretty marginal guys who don't deserve. Yeah. Like Dan Vogelbach would have more votes. Um, Dan yeah, well, I mean, I think it's Im- Omar Narvaez would have more votes. Uh, yeah. Uh, important to note, and I know that this is going to make me sound really, really old, uh, but over the last 20 years, the way that fans vote has shifted so much. I, I mean, I remember being a kid and the way the only way to vote was to go to a game. Um, you had and you had paper punch out ballots and pr- potentially hanging chads. I'm not really sure, but uh, it was Were like the butterfly ballots. <laughs> I was, I just remember poking holes. Was Jeb um, Bush in charge of voting for the All Star Game? Oh boy, I certainly hope not. Uh, and and I don't believe the Supreme Court has ever had to weigh in, so that's good too. We'll keep those things separate. Um, but I think that really, really, really matters when you're talking about um, how many people are going to games, but also. You know, if I happen to be watching, I can vote on my phone. It's it's literally attached to my hand most of the time. Yeah. You could, yeah, and people can write algorithms. You know, there's there's just so many things that are that make it so vastly different from when when this was conceived as the way we are going to vote for people into the All Star Game. Uh, there was no such thing as the internet and uh, smartphones, right? And and so I think it's awesome that it's gone that way, but it certainly changes the formula. And one of the things, you know, I write a, a, a kind of, not a roundup, but like, a you know, best things that happen in baseball. And we try and focus on the goofy uh, rather than, than the actual uh, performance. And I'm, I'm scrolling through tweets for this article that I write Monday nights. And... I, I, there was so much vote for this guy noise, and and I, I say noise with love, but uh, teams promoting their players, players promoting their teammates, um, people complain. I mean, it was there was so much of that. Yeah. Um, you yeah, really yeah. have to wonder, like, how much of that really makes a difference in the end. And then on top of all of that, and this is another piece of the pass failed, another little teaser is this is only for position players and, and we get no say in pitchers, which yeah, also which is, seems a little arbitrary. And um, I, I don't understand, but it is the way that it is. So, um, you know, I think we, what we need to acknowledge up front is this is not a perfect system. It's far from a perfect system. So let's find the fun in it, knowing that it's not an ideal system. Yeah. So I think we should move from there just directly into the ballot. Um, yeah, because we can talk about this in theory a lot, but this is way more fun in practice. Yeah, let's go. Uh, so the set, this is really our central question, which is what makes a player an all-star? And we're going to kind of dissect that in, in some different ways. Um, clearly, the answer is that they get their game on and go play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was hoping that there would be a Smash Mouth reference. I, it's it, the, the show title uh, is obviously an homage to it. it says, hey, now you're an all-star? Question mark. Um, so I'm going to pat myself on the back for that right now. Another visual cue for the audio podcast, but, uh, thank you, uh, Alexander for making sure that that made it into the, the episode. Uh, that is, that is excellent. Um, so let's take a look at the ballot. So let's start right where they start, right? Which is first base. If you go to MLB.com and, and submit a ballot, you're going to start with asking about first base in the American international league. So, um, the, the leading vote getters right now, 
uh, are Vlad and I believe it's Max Muncy. Am I correct about that? Yes. Um, and I have to say, um, when we said that people were doing a good job, this is what we're talking about um, for the most part. Um, yeah, Vladi is uh, first, um, and then you've got Jose Ribeiro second, and Yuli Gurriel third, which is actually both of those guys have been pretty okay uh, okay. on the National League side. You got Freddie Freeman second, and uh, Anthony Rizzo third. Um, right. So um, a theme that I want to point out is that Astros fans seem like they are voting like crazy. Yeah, um, a little backlash for everybody hating on them. Yeah, so there's a couple other guys on this list who I think could be getting some more love. Um, if I had to like say like who am I going to give my second vote to? Um, Matt Olson would be getting my yep. second choice. Um, now he's like I think currently in the top five in home runs. Obviously, the fact that there's going to be a day or two and people have a chance or two to change that up will change things. But he's sitting at 18 home runs right now, which is two off the pace, or maybe two, four off the pace yeah. of uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, He's been really good. Um, and we talk about like how you would measure that, though. Um, this is kind of like an authority discussion. So I want to ask you, like, if you're trying oh to figure boy. out who you want to vote for, what do you care about? You know, I think what makes it hard is that a lot of people, uh, so a lot of fantasy players know players. And I think that's that's a, an advantage they have when it comes to these discussions. A lot of baseball fans know their teams. So... They're not as as much of an expert on on players outside. So if I'm looking at this and I'm a baseball fan and I don't know the league as well as fantasy players would, I'm gonna go to stats. I mean, I think that's where where you go. And if you're especially not a fantasy player, again, you're gonna go to the the famous stats. And this is actually something that I I, I want to bounce back to you and ask you about how you feel about this. But when you go to the the site to vote. Uh, MLB has picked some stats and they've put them up there so that people can make comparisons, but they're, they're kind of the standard stats, average home runs, RBI, uh, OPS is on there. Um, so, uh, we as a fantasy community have kind of made this shift towards, there are maybe more meaningful ways to measure performance and to flesh out this guy's a better player and his skill set versus somebody else's skill set. And that's all absent. So if I'm a casual fan, uh, I'm going to be looking at those stock numbers, and I think that's that's actually having a tremendous influence. And it may just be somewhat coincidence that the players who have those best stock numbers are kind of the best players, but I think that there's more to this, and, and I'd love to get your kind of uh, uh, take on that. So right now, in the American League, um, at first base, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. leads with 56 RBI. He's also the best player at this position, and in the American League, and probably in baseball, through the yeah. first however many games right now. So I have no qualms with that. Um, right. Second on the ballot is Jose Abreu, who has 51 RBI. Um, third is Yuli Gurriel, who has 48 RBI. Guess what? The only person who has more RBI than either of them is Matt Olson with 49. Um, the yeah. people who with the most RBI are highest. Now, I don't think that um, OPS is actually a terrible stat. It's a weird stat. It's a dumb stat, but it's dumb but right. It's <laughs> yeah. like OPS doesn't have a unit, right? It's not a number of bases per inning, right? Or like yeah, how, right, right. how often you reach base. It's literally adding together on base and slugging, which have like different scales. The thing though is that OPS, if we're just sorting by that, you will almost always, except for like the weird things about like park adjustments, still mm -hmm. end up with a list of the best players at the top. That's not true for batting average. But right. like if we just look at OPS right now, like you're going to get accurate who is good answers. So 
Um, yeah, there, there are some reasons why this is going to be funky, right? Um, is Yuli Guriel going to hit 318 the rest of the year? Does it matter if Yuli Guriel hits over 300? Does that actually make him good? Um, yeah, I, I'd I say would probably say, kind of, yeah. I would say in, in a normal year, it would certainly cause uh, me to want to dig deeper in this climate where like the MLB average is like 230, right? Or just creeped up to 240 something. I would say, yes, yeah, so a guy who's hitting over 300 right now is definitely worth taking a look at. Um, it's not a guarantee, but I, I mean, I, there's so few of them hitting that well. Right. So this is all to say that um, what are the public's blind spots going to be? Yeah. Like the people who don't play for the literal very best and most popular teams um, are probably going to get a little bit of like the short end of the stick. Um and, and there's always a, I know that name, rec, you know, kind of recognition pop as well. Yeah. You might also just have like the guys who play in pitchers parks. Um, so yeah, like, I mean, the Mets offense has been bad, but like, you know, city field is not the best place to be- play. So you're going to yeah. get slightly worse numbers versus if you play in a wind tunnel, um, you're going to look a little bit better. Um, yeah. So but, I mean, kudos to the voters for not having Lindor, you know, be the, the leading vote getter. And we'll get to obviously the shortstop, but you know, he's a name. And I, I, I'm abs- actually surprised that he's not closer to the top just because he's a name. Oh, I know that guy. He's good. I'll vote for him. That used to happen a lot. I think people yeah. are getting better. Yeah. It, I think that there's a little bit of that going on with like yeah. Abreu, who has not been like the best, but he's still been good enough that I don't care. Um, yeah. I, I think another thing that you'll hear like more quantish people or more people who want to sound smart because they know some stats, let's be honest, is they're going to like cite like the F4 numbers and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And batter war is, I think, pretty good. Um, just like just like a, a general primer on how that works. Like basically you add up how many runs better than a replacement level player you would be because of your, like your batting, because of your base running, because of your fielding. Yeah. They measure like um, the batting based off, is based off of like the same scale as WRC plus, but like per PA, mm-hmm. which is actually WOBA. Um, so it's WOBA based, right? So yeah. uh, WOBA is based off literally the number of singles, doubles, triples, home runs, walks, strikeouts, et cetera, you're doing. Um, right. Now they do have some park adjustments going on there and they have positional adjustments. So your war will be based off of the other batters at your position. So, I mean, like FR is a good stat. Um, I do though, like very much acknowledge if a dude's like, been super lucky you're still gonna have a good war um so i'm willing to kind of make some yeah, adjustments for if yeah, i don't yeah, think yeah. someone's actually been that good yuli guriel i don't think he's been as good as his numbers suggest but at the end of the day this is about picking people that we want to vote for um yeah so, so there are, those are two things that i do yeah. want to bring up and make sure that we address as we move forward um yeah. one is voting for people we want to see you know is that fair to say like he maybe he's not having his best season but man i want to see this guy in the game because it's a name and the potential like a let's say um uh aaron judge in in an, in an off season like you want to see aaron judge at the all-star game the guy can hit the ball 700 feet yeah so is you know, it fair sure. to say i'm gonna vote for him not because he's the best but because i want to see him there i think there isn't a, an amount that it is fair to say that um, and then this is what I really want to push you to because this is kind of like the crux of our thing. And I, I think I'm going to back you into a corner unfairly. So I'm just going to yeah, preview this with Say that. It. But if you were going to either sort by a stat to determine what a computer would give you as the all-stars, what stat would it be? Or I'll, I'll give you a little bit of an out. 
what sort of stats would you put into the algorithm if we were going to try and program ah, the computer okay, okay, okay. to spit out the perfect all-star team separate from all of this human stuff that we have going on? Um, so I think that the thing that I would do, and this is going to be kind of like nerdy, but just roll with me here. Um, I would probably basically take two thirds like FWR as we do it. It's pretty good. Um, and like, it's a computer. I'm willing for my computer numbers to be black boxy. Um, yeah. I don't always love black box stats to hear. I'm picking, I make the rules. So I would do two thirds like um, war that's based on actual OBA. And they would do one third war that's based on like X WOBA, basically how should you good you should have been. Or maybe some sort of like, let's take your underlying stuff and predict how good you should have been. Maybe like some other stuff like that, like, but only for this year, right? So it's like the guys who've been hitting like a ridiculous number of like line drives to just be happen to be falling for singles. Mm-hmm. We'll get to some of those guys later. Yeah. Um, I would want to basically be able to discount that or like the guys like, you know, Kyle Tucker, for example, we brought him up before. So like, I don't feel bad about saying this, who just have <laughs> had some like absolute scorchers, just find some leather, uh, you know, like I would want to be able to adjust for that just for a tiny bit. But yeah, I think war is a good stat. And I think that as long as the difference is really tiny, um, like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has a 4.2 FOR right now. Um, that is much better than Max Muncy at 2.7. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt, Matt Olson is at 2.4. So like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has been twice as valuable as Matt Olson so far this year. Yeah, I mean, he's um, such an outlier this year, right? It's hard yeah. to use to that clear, as the bar, but... Just some some scales here, right? Typically three over the course of an entire season is like, you know, t- all-star adjacent. More mm. than five is like like minor MVP candidate. Eight plus is like major, like should be winning MVP candidate. And if you're over mm-hmm. 10, you're like, this dude is really special. Um, yeah. So Vladimir Guerrero Jr. through 65 games is at 4.2 war. If you double that and then some, he's like on that like 10 ish yeah. war 10-ish, path. Yeah. Yeah. Which is way better than his dad ever pulled off, to be clear. Um, yeah. And just stupid good. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, well, I here's something say, I like about yeah, that. He's good. Yeah, yeah. One that. one thing I like about what you're talking about when you use the war is that it does factor in the defensive ability. I mean, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not something people vote for, um, but I do think it makes a difference. Yeah, it's I mean, part like, of the game. The way that Fangraphs is going to calculate that is messy. So is everyone else's stuff. I think just, just having one and being okay with the fact that it's messy, but knowing that it won't influence things too much is fine. I think it's a really good tiebreaker. You know, I don't know how much influence it really yeah, should have. People are watching kind of the All-Star well. game for offense. I get it. But awesome diving catches and flashy leather in the infield. And that's, that's exciting, too. So, you know, all the other things being equal, I do like that being included. Uh, so yeah. let's let's focus in here. We're still only at first base. We've got a lot of other positions to go to. Let's yeah. just hit this. Do we think that the fans are getting it right? based oh, on yeah. what we think and also what you think your algorithm that we just talked about would spit out. Oh, yeah. No, th- this, this is, well, to be clear, I would not vote based on my algorithm. I would be a No, I'm saying boy, if, right? if the algorithm was put out there oh, yeah. and we compared it to the fans and to what we are saying, I think on this, we would probably all three be in agreement at first oh, base. Yeah, this is the easiest one. Um, it, for both leagues, this is really easy. It should be Vladito. It should be Muncie. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the much more difficult second base position. Um, what are your thoughts about second base? So uh, let's again kind of clue people in here. On the AL side, uh, Marcus Sinian is in first, followed by Jose Altuve and then DJ LeMahieu. Um, <laughs> one, two are correct. Third is yep. Yankees bias. 
Um, and I really think we're splitting hairs on the AL side. So we can get to that in just a second. But on the NL side, um, we've got Albies. Then Adam Frazier of the Pirates, that 324 batting average is probably really helping him out with the olds. Um, nothing personal. Yep. Um, and then <laughs> <laughs> Gavin Lux of the Dodgers is third. Uh, Gavin Lux Man, has been really good, by the way. And weird the past way month. to hurt me, Alex. Um, <laughs> the little, yeah. little, little throwaway comment. Plus, I did vote for Frazier. Um, um, I hate when just, I, I oh, Just going, listen, going back to, there's two things uh, with Frazier, and then I will turn it back over to you. Number one, I think he suffers tremendously from being a pirate. Number two, oh, hitting yeah, I'm, 324. I'm yeah, uh, hitting 324 as a nearly everyday player in this offensive climate, I think. Is is special? Uh, I uh, you know like I get that it's not the kind of game, and I know all the issues with average and batting average. But if you're hitting three twenty four when everybody when the league average is two forty whatever, I really do think that's that's pretty special. So anyway, um, yes, yeah, I'm old. I have no problem, Alex. With we it. get it. <laughs> um, so let's run through like the the quantity stuff here, right? So Semyon leads the pack in um, F four at second base. He's at two point eight. That's 2.2 for Altuve is second place. Now, I think there's some interesting, let's be aware of how f- weird the park they're playing in has mm, been. Yeah. Like, when we're talking about park adjustments, I am skeptical of how much, like, the Dunedin effect is being kind of, like, put in here. Because <laughs> um, that is just not a real baseball park that they've all been playing in. Yeah, uh, and that's yeah. part of the reason. No, like, I did not bring that up when we talked about Vladdy, but here I think it might be enough that... If you're so inclined, you could choose to vote for Altuve over Semyon. Now, I don't know who that person is, necessarily. It's not already an Astros fan. Um, but if, yeah. <laughs> if you're so inclined to vote for the Astros player over the Blue Jays player, I don't think the gap between them is so monumental that you could, you know, really criticize someone for me. Yeah, and I, I will say it again. I'm actually surprised that Altuve isn't leading, given that it's close, just from sheer name recognition. Um, you know, Semyon's a little bit of a late bloomer here, and uh, but what he's been doing has been amazing for sure. I, I'm I'm just I, I'm actually kind of proud. I'm proud of the people who are voting here that they're they're splitting that hair and they're not erring on the side of oh I know that guy I'm going to vote for him. Yeah, one of the things that makes this a little bit complicated uh, is if you're on these leaderboards, they'll have people who are accruing um, value at, like when they're not at the position as well. So like Max Muncie has been a second baseman. If you pull the second base leaderboards, Max Muncy still shows up. Um, you also are going to get Chris Taylor in there. Now, he's not eligible, um, so like I'm not going to like put him in there. He's an outfielder. He's been playing as an outfielder. He maybe deserves votes as an yeah, outfielder. Yeah, we can talk yeah, about yeah, in a sec. Yeah. But, you know, the people who have actually been good in the National League, it's much more of like an all-over-the-place sort of thing. Now, um, Adam Frazier does lead the National League in war among people who are second basemen and who are on the ballot of this position. Um, mm-hmm. He's at 1.9, followed by Albies at 1.8, and then Ryan McMahon at 1.7. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you want to vote for any of those guys, or if you want to vote for Jake Cronenworth, or if you want to vote for uh, like literally anyone at this position, if you feel like you can make a convincing argument for yourself, mm-hmm. I will hear it. Um, could you it, could you uh, hit me with Gavin Lux's number? What's his just for comparison's sake? He's at zero point eight. He's had one okay. bad month and one good month. Um, yeah. So I, I think come the end of the year, a little recency bias. Yeah. Well, no, it's not just it's that it's it's the Dodgers effect. Um, I think okay. though, yeah, that's yeah, fair too. At the end of the year, Gavin Lux is going to look like he's a better player than some of these sure. guys who are getting more votes than or that have more WAR right now. Um, yes. He's yeah. been really really good. Like, we're talking, he has been, like, the second or third best Dodgers hitter 
since and oh my god this is a cherry pick stat but the day of his first MLB <laughs> home run this year uh yeah. which is like uh i think like may 5th or so but since then you know he's had like a a wrc plus in like the one like 30s or higher mm-hmm. uh yeah you know which is really good um so i just want to say like i don't think that'll look as horrific in hindsight yeah no probably. i'm not hating on lux I, i'm not i'm I was just really it was just a genuine curiosity because he's third um and yeah, i was yeah, yeah that that dodger effect is definitely something worth considering oh all yeah, right no, so it's uh, a laugh let's yeah let's so, um so, so you voted for fraser i'm willing I voted to say for vote fraser and Semyon. yeah uh i'm voting for Semyon here personally um and then i think i think just because he's a pirate i'm voting for fraser as well um, yeah I, mean, for I, it. I think it's hard I, you know the the mar- size of the market the the team is not all that exciting right now so I think he's probably suffering a bit from that. So I like the underdog. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm all right. Third today. <laughs> uh, third base. Let's talk a little bit about third base. So um, let me just scroll to the right spot here right yeah. now in the it's AL. A weird way they have this on the on the screen. Just separately. yeah, I don't like it. I, they don't have it back to back league wise. At least the one I have up. Um, yeah, yeah. So I got a nice anyway, big screen. bear with us. Yeah, I either need a, another screen. That was my phone falling to the floor, everybody. Don't be alarmed. Everybody's okay. Everything's okay. Um, okay? Well, I don't know. We'll find out afterwards. If it's got a cracked screen, it's probably best for me to not know while we're recording things where I'm not supposed to swear. Um, So the AL leading vote getter at third base is uh, Rafael Devers for the Red Sox, followed by Yohan Moncada and then Alex Bregman. Again, it seems to be this like push and pull between Astros haters and Astros fans. Uh, in the NL third base, number one is Chris Bryant. Number two, Nolan Arenado. Number three, Justin Turner, another Dodger. Um, I will just lead with who I went with. I did pick the number one choices on both sides, Devers and Bryant. I was actually surprised at, uh, at Bryant's numbers. Um, and they did seem to be, um, uh, reasonably better. Um, again, I didn't look at the those war numbers that you're you're citing, but it seems to be pretty reasonable. And I'm going to say this too. I'm just going to put this out there. Um, you know, I don't go as deep into the stats as as some people do. Uh, I do think that there is a psychological impact on the fact that uh, when you go to vote, it tells you who's already in first, second, and third. I think that makes you want to pick those people and like go for with sure. the winner right so i totally I, I, agree I like be... it very much steers you well yeah. actually i would say the particular thing it does it also keeps you from thinking about the guys who aren't there and my pick at third base is okay he's not first in war but he is definitely the player that i want to vote for probably uh, and that's jose ramirez yeah uh, he is like well remember he was maybe a shade behind abreu for it al mvp last year but like mm-hmm. we're talking splitting hairs here this guy's right. really good um yes. who's voting for him though is kind of the question um right like he's not on the astros he's not on the red Sox. he's not on the white Sox. um the yankees those or the are dodgers yeah. yeah he's not on one of those like teams that's getting just an exorbitant number of fans like if you were on you know like the cubs as well right like those are the biggest voting fan bases cleveland does not have that same following and he's got like he hit another home run tonight, I, I think. But, like, you know, so his OPS is probably over 900 now. Um, you know, he's probably then, I would say, whenever we post this, going to be, like, joint top or just behind Devers and home runs. And, like, 
the question is like you want to bring in defense you want to bring in everything else i think he's probably a little bit better base runner as well yeah i think that he's been at least as if not more valuable than devers uh one of the interesting things though is when kata is like way behind them in like home runs which is like my bias as i always love the guys who hit dingers yeah Um, but um, when kata's defense is significantly better than um devers like significantly significantly um and that really helps him out um he's also like you know rocking a 400 obp right now um that kind of yeah helps. yeah 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 he's been very very good lately yeah um yeah i don't have a problem with any of those players and i think it, i'm usually very rules oriented i just am in this i think i've just accepted the fact that this is so not scientific how we're doing this um and when you put it in the the hands of the fans you're basically making it a bit of a popularity contest or a fan base contest so if you just embrace that then you know, I mean, as long as you're not voting for somebody crazy or, or like angry that the that some crazy person isn't getting more recognition, I don't have any problems with that. If if Jose Ramirez starts over Rafael Devers, I'm fine with that. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're different players for sure. Um, yeah, and the the difference between them is going to be very slight. And you know, at, at that point, I think that you're totally within bounds to kind of just fudge the rules as you go. Um, I want to and bring up a nerd. Who you want yeah. to see? Yeah, I, I think a, a nerd thing that's kind of interesting is if you pull like the third base leaders, blah blah blah. Chris Bryant doesn't actually show <laughs> up on fan graphs, um, so I had to go up and pull him up separately because I was like, "Who is first among National League third basemen?" Arenado at one point eight, and I was like, "Where's Chris Bryant on here?" And lo and behold, he's not on the list, and he's playing as well as any of the guys. He'd be like second on this list. Um, so yeah, Chris Bryant I think is pretty easy, pretty much just the easy pick here. Uh, yep. I do think, uh, you know, it's easy to kind of forget um, how a couple other guys on this list have been doing. So I just want to kind of call out that Brandon Crawford has been really good this year. Yeah, um, he's technically, and this is and this is what I want to say is really funny. He's on the third base list though, and he that seems wrong to yeah. me. He hasn't yeah. been playing third base; he's been playing shortstop. Right. Uh, so that's just like other funky things that are going on here. Um, but yeah, um, hold on a second. Oh no, I see what's happened. I clicked and um, once I voted for Chris Bryant, it collapsed the list. <laughs> so oh, never mind. There you I'm go. gonna I'm gonna click change my vote and you'll go back in there and um, here my, my my being wrong will show up. Evan Longoria not getting any votes. He's been really good. I think I would vote for Evan Longoria over uh, actually Justin Turner and no no Arnado. I know that's a tough one, but I will say tough. that like yeah. you can see that the Giants probably aren't getting as much recognition because a lot of people don't right. think the Giants are as good as I actually have been. Yeah, that's fair, and and I get I, I I'm really not ever going to be upset with anybody advocating to vote for somebody. It's just yeah, more people who get yeah. legitimately angry about who other people want. Um, all right, uh, let's move on to shortstop because we are uh, about eleven to twelve minutes away from our target uh, of of our our one hour time. We always we always uh, are like, ah, we're, are we going to make the hour? And then and then we very very much make the hour uh so shortstop why don't you take this one away why don't you start uh yeah um, ale side um suzanne bartgarts is the leading vote getter right now and then we got bo bichette and then tim anderson behind him um mm-hmm. i think this is yet another case of we've got the best guy right we've probably got the second best guy right and then tim anderson is a, ch- a choice that you can make but he's yeah. not the one that i would make on the national yeah. league side things are much funnier uh, and when I say funnier, you know, you'll know what I mean. Uh, so Tatis is the obvious first place pick. He's right. also, by percentage of votes, you know, 
one of the people who's like dominating their category so like i believe and don't cite me here that like <laughs> vlad was approaching 50 percent of all votes um tatis was he was like in the seven hundred thousands, so he was like probably above 40 percent of all votes yeah so second place javi Baez, third place Corey seager yeah those are people <laughs> voting for their team because they're just voting for their team right right there's right. not someone who's getting the not voting for my team votes right uh there's no one who's voting for dd gregorius who isn't a phillies fan there's no one voting for <laughs> right trevor story probably who's not a rockies fan or so and you see where that kind of all turns up now someone there are there are people out there who are probably going to vote for trey turner over tatis um, yeah. they are dumb people that should be disregarded <laughs> and that's the very important part of people talking about the all-star discussion so we could just know wow. who to mute wow way to pull your punch there yeah. mr uh, uh, mr jace no it, they're basically it's all just like people who are saying some really dumb coded language about what kind of ball players they prefer and don't actually pick the best people and yeah and I, it, I, I, that's I the part again that bothers me like i'm i'm gonna kind of pick this person mostly because i want to and then i'm gonna go find a bunch of numbers to back up my argument and tell people why they're wrong and like look just say that you just want this player that you're a fan of the team that you're a, you have their poster on your wall now, as a grown I, man that's fine it's okay now, I want to say, and this is really funny, because Turner has played, you know, 25% more games than Tatis. They're actually tied in war right now. But mm. this is like an obvious, okay, look at the context. Who's actually been good? Turner's got a 125 WRC+. plus. Tatis has a 162. Yeah. So if you were to give Tatis some more plate appearances, he'd be more valuable than Turner. Now, if I'm the Padres, I really don't want Tatis going anywhere near the All-Star game, but... That's a different discussion. Yeah, because um, I'm not them, and I I do want him going everywhere near the All Star game. Yeah, I mean, it would yeah. be. I mean, I think it would even as a baseball fan, it would be devastating to see him get you know throw his shoulder out again trying to do something crazy. I mean, he should definitely not be in the home run derby. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree with that. Um, a guy who's not, and he, here's a really funny bit: a guy who probably should be on the list on the AL side um, above Tim Anderson is Carlos Correa, who is actually ahead of both Tatis and turner in wins above replacement um, again he's getting a ton of pas which helps yeah um but you know he's been really good offensively he's been really good defensively funny thing is like pretty much all of the candidates who are getting votes other than tatis and technically bichette are like really good defenders um mm, and i think that's yeah. one of the nice things about like the all-star game is being a good athlete typically also makes you good in the field unless there's something weird going on or you're just being played out of position because your bat's so stupid good. Um, yeah, see right, Devers, right, right, right. Raphael. I'd be interested, uh, in, and I'm not asking you to run this right now, but I would be interested in if you were to, to take like the top six shortstops, three from each league, and run the the war per game, where Tatis yeah. would he'd probably come oh, out. Oh, he, he'd be first, yeah, on top, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We don't have yeah. to run that. You could kind of just look at the numbers and just kind of like prorate it. I mean, I, yeah. I would be interested in what yeah. the actual gap is, but we don't we don't need to do that. I just yeah. um yeah, I think that is interesting, especially if people are going to be so gung ho on that. You can't just sort by the column; it doesn't tell the whole story for somebody who's had a, a, been out for a, a while. Yeah. Um. All right, I'm gonna I'm I'll try this. I, I want to skip outfield. Let's do catcher and DH. Obviously, there's no no DH position in, in the National League. Um, I think catcher is another one of those positions. It's kind of like meh for. I mean, it's meh for a lot of other reasons too. I to me, the DH is very clear and obvious. Yeah, um, yeah. So but, we could run through these. Uh, let's do that quickly. and then come back to outfield and wrap up yeah. there. 
So um, in the American League, we got Salvador Perez, who is the correct choice in the American yeah. League, to be clear, That's who in I first place. Yeah. He, yeah, he's way ahead of everybody else. In, like He's been good enough that um, if you didn't, like if he wasn't catching, he could make an all-star like appearance as like a DH. Like that's how good he's been. Mm-hmm. If it weren't for the fact that the guy who's actually our pick there has just you won't get there. Yeah, right, uh, right. Right. Um second place there is Yasmani Grandal, who I would consider voting for just because it's very fun. Um and then <laughs> third place, and I wanna say this with all of the fun it deserves, is Martin Maldonado, who has a one seventy <laughs> batting average. Four home runs, 17 RBI, and a 526 OPS as of me reading this screen. Um, <laughs> Martin Maldonado, let's go ahead and pull up the war here for catchers because, again, this is just so fun. Good job, yeah, Astros fans, by I, the way, for getting out the vote. Catcher uh, catcher gets a lot of—I mean, I know it's for this for all of them, but it does get a big boost if you're going to try and think about these numbers in the context of other position players. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. Also, you have to like change your qualifiers for catchers if you're doing yeah. some of this. But I'm gonna say Martin Maldonado. Uh, what's he? He does he have a negative WAR right now? I think he might. Um, Martin <laughs> Maldonado has been worth zero negative zero point one wins above replacement. Well, there you that go. is absolutely beautiful. I want to say yeah. just great job on the get out the vote efforts there. And I, uh, I also want to point out for Grandal um, that for people who are more casual baseball fans are going to look at his average and, and want to vomit in the bushes. Um, but he has been getting on base crazy, right? Isn't his yeah. OBP like it's three eighty six as of this writing. Uh, so there are some people who are, who are ahead of him at catcher. Um, yeah, but I mean, Real the Muto, discrepancy there is uh, pretty Narvaez, insane. Posey, but yeah, it's, it's just like he's sitting at a 27% walk rate. I think that having that at the all-star game is great. So I'm being in second. I'm happy because I just want to see him draw a walk at <laughs> the All-Star game. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's crazy. If, it, just in case people are confused, you know, they go and they're like, this guy's number two. He's hitting like 178. Uh, now, that's why. Yeah, I, I think a the, lot of people recognize that he's actually, especially fantasy community people, uh, know that he's he's been much more valuable than 178 as a uh, yeah. hitter. Now, on the NL side, there's a really interesting discussion to be had. The guy who's in first place, it's obvious why he's in first place, uh, Buster Posey. Uh 327 batting average 964 ops those are obviously but he's also a name right yeah Um, right the guy who arguably is the other option to me will smith slightly lower on those numbers uh but has been like just really exceptional at everything um he's not in the top three Uh, again where are you dodgers fans get out your vote yachty (laughs) is second um third place is wilson Contreras. these are those are the names right yeah will smith isn't a name yet um now, Will Smith, definitely the defense is what's really, like, propping him up. Uh, but he's been good at everything. Um, but I think that, like, you know, we're going to send more than one catcher for the National League. They're yeah, going to get yeah. it right. I imagine Will Smith goes. Um, sure, but, like, yeah. He, yeah. And the managers reasons. pick, right? Are the players pick at some point, too? Don't the yeah. players vote somebody well, we'll, in? We'll see. He would be deserving to me. So, like, I think there's some part of me that's just, like, he's not up there. Maybe in some of my ballots I'd vote for him, but Posey's been better than him so far this year. So I think, yeah, like, and I like, think it's kind of cool. I mean, things. how many more chances does Posey have? <laughs> he's also, probably like, not. He's come back to be this player after. Not yeah, being this player. For I think it's worthy years. of recognition. And I, I and I was looking at it. I was like, do I do I really vote for Posey here? I mean, those numbers look great, but there's got to be 
somebody else. And you know what? Again, I came back to like, I think it would be a really cool story to see Buster Posey make an all-star game after years of like going undrafted and sitting on waiver wires and and all that (laughs) to to come back and be relevant. I think is pretty awesome. All right, let's talk about DH American league. Um, To my mind, there is only one choice, which is actually tough because Alvarez has been really, really good. Um, uh, injured so for JD a Martinez. bit. Uh, JD yeah. Martinez has been very, very good, but I, I, I think you got to give it to Otani. Uh, now maybe you make the argument you don't vote for Otani because he's going to go as a pitcher. <laughs> and uh, maybe he swings a bat argument. while he's there, and it's that an extra person who can go. Very wrong argument. Um, yeah. But uh, but if you're giving it to the person who deserves it most, I think it's got to be Otani, and that's who I picked. Yep. Yeah. I don't think we need to say much else there. Uh, yeah. We, we will say more later. Uh, I cannot okay. wait to see what yeah. he does with the All-Star game. Uh, all right, let's 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 talk about outfield. We are a bit short on time. So, uh, you know, talking about six different players, uh, I, I think maybe well, we th- highlighted a There's 18 a couple, different right? players who are well, that's what I mean. here, There's right? Six going, then all of the players who you, you could vote for. It's a little overwhelming, actually. The list gets to the point where, like, you have to kind of remember who's at the top of the list when you're looking at the bottom of the list. There's a couple of names I want to point out and get your 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 take on. Uh, I think Cedric Mullins is not getting enough love. Um, and uh, I think Nick Castellanos is an uh, interesting name. I think Jesse Winker is an interesting name. I think Alex Verdugo is an interesting name. Uh, amongst the names we all know, the Mike Trouts and the the Ronald Acuna's and, and uh, you know, the Sotos, uh, those, those guys that, you know, the – the young stars and the studs, but I, 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 we don't have to talk about all those guys, but is there anybody there that jumps out to you? I think you managed to name a lot of the guys that I think are a little bit under the radar who like are deserving, right? So I'm going to run through the top 10 in outfielder war real quick, just to kind of like give people a, here's who the, the things would say. And then we can kind of like run through some of the funny things about them. Um, so Cassianos is first at 3.3. He's been really good. Um, yep. Acuna is second at 3.2. He's been really good. Uh, Cedric hungry. Mullins the second is third. Um, now he's first. No, he's second in plate appearances on, among the top ten. Uh, number eight is Mark Canna. He's actually first in plate appearances among these guys because he's playing a ton. Right, yeah. the top of the lineup for a pretty good team. Uh, if the if the Orioles were better, obviously everyone would be voting for Mullins, but also he probably would be batting more and getting more opportunities to show off how good he is. So that's yeah. like an interesting like combination effect here. Um, Anyways, so Mullins third, uh, Winker fourth. Um, technically, Bryant is fifth on this list. Fan yeah. being silly. Um, Brian Reynolds at sixth. Trout, notably at 146 PAs, is seventh. Uh, Ken Ha eighth. Mookie Betts at ninth. Um, what a funny thing. Mookie Betts has been, according to their metrics, a negative defender this year. Mm. Hmm. Um, and he's still here. Um, because he's been really good <laughs> without hitting a ton of home runs. Um, yeah. Chris Taylor, 10th. And then because I struck uh, Chris Bryant, I want to say 11th, Ramon Laureano, uh, also injured currently. He yeah. was just incredibly good. So I think any of those guys would be kind of like computer guys that you could throw out there as like, here's the guy that nerds like. There's been so many interesting stories, guys succeeding in different ways, that I really think that you owe it to yourself to pick at least one person on your ballot who you feel like is kind of a wild card. Um, yeah. So let's kind of run through this. On the AL side, who do we think are like the really obvious guys we have to get? Uh, well, I mean, I think it's remarkable that for as long as Trout's uh, been out, he still has those kinds of war leads. That's And you, again, you, do you want to have an all-star game that Mike Trout's not at? 
I don't know. I don't uh, he's going to be injured. So we're going to have a an all-star game where sure, Trout but I mean, you know what I mean? Like when if even when you're injured, a lot of the guys if they make the team, they go. They're part of the festivities. They're, you know, taking pictures, they're interviewed on the sidelines. Maybe if he's injured, he's he helps do the home run derby, who knows. Um you want helps, him yeah, and his personality there, you know what I mean? Yes, um, I want him to be talking about the weather at the All Star game. That is his personality. <laughs> yeah, so I will give him a vote. By the way, I'm I'm totally good with that in terms of value per game. Like, yep, uh, somebody I mentioned before, WRC Aaron Judge. Plus. Yeah, uh, Aaron Judge is somebody that you know whether he's been good over a stretch. He has the ability to be an absolute monster in one game. Um, I, I yeah, think that's a great All Star guy. I yeah, would say. right. Um, um, Buxton's hurt, right? Still. Um, yeah, and, and right now, by the way, those are the the, the top three in the AL are those three guys. Um, yeah, those three guys. I think if yeah. those are who you're voting for, cool. I'm not going to vote personally uh, for both like uh, Judge, or pardon me, both um, Trout and Buxton. Um, right, though I think right. Buxton's been good enough that like you got to think about him. I think uh, it's Buxton. fine, but I also think when you it, this is the one position where you can you can pick more than one guy. So if you know you pick like a this guy deserves it. This guy is somebody who I want to see there. And this is somebody who I, I think um, is under the radar and deserves a little love. I, I, I think that it's okay to go that way too. Uh, Michael Brantley's hitting really well, right? He's yeah. ninth. Um, yeah, he recorded uh, a triple-double the other day. So he had three doubles. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. A little basketball stat. Yeah. Little, so, yeah. little b-ball humor. Um, yeah, let's I'm look personally at the... voting uh, Trout... Um, Mullins, and then I'm just scratching my head endlessly to figure out who my third pick is. Yeah, my third, I, I, I picked those two, and I I picked Verdugo. I'm a Sox fan, you know. That's I'd, I'd like to see Verdugo go. I think that would be fun. Um, but if you pick Judge instead, I get it. I'm not gonna, you know, uh, get all angry about it. Uh, on the NL side, I I mean, again, Acuna, Betts, Soto, Harper. There's four guys right there who you really want to have at an All Star game. But how do you not have Castellanos and Winker, who have been amazing? Um, Catal Marte has been been really good, right? So um, I, I know that we're, we're splitting hairs here over three guys, but the reality is a lot of these guys are going to wind up on the team. It's just not the ones that the fans are going to vote in. Um, yeah, I think the yeah, National I, League is a little harder. I honestly do. I think it's the there's a lot more of uh, talent at the top, or at least production at the top with a blend of guys who have names and, and who are maybe a little bit less well-known. Uh, I'd love to see Winker go um, just because he's, he's voting right now. Yeah. He's really yeah, he's come into his two. own. Um, yeah. Right now there are two Cincinnati Reds who would be, would be starting uh, and yeah. they'd be my vote getters. Uh, I think the voters have this right right now. Castellanos, Winker at Acuna's first. Like those are the guys who should be going as the starters, but then you go down the list. Who else is going to be going on as a starter? It's still the people who are up there in votes. Like Mookie Betts deserves to be going at this point, mm-hmm. um, even if you're like kind of annoyed. Now, once Soto's fifth, um, I still want him to go, yeah, <laughs> selfishly. But he hasn't he hasn't been there. Chris Taylor though, sixth. Obviously, there's some Dodger stuff in there, but Chris Taylor sure. definitely deserves it in terms of how good he's been this year. Um, so I, I just generally think that um, there aren't a whole lot of guys who are getting like horrifically snubbed by the voters on the NL side uh, in the same way. Um, I think it also is just the AL has been more 
fun and more of the good guys in the NL have been hurt. So like calling it a stump is like kind of weird. Like Christian yeah, Yelich yeah, yeah. hasn't been himself, right? So yeah, I think I'm fine with Yelich not me. being there, honestly. Yeah. And it, it, I actually like Yelich a lot, but yeah. um I don't know. Um I do want to get to our pass fail because we teased it earlier and I think that we need to talk about it. So this is gonna push us to maybe we're gonna actually instead of being one of our shorter episodes, it's gonna be one of our longest. But I, I do think this is an important thing, even if it's really quick. Um I want you to talk to me, pass fail, two things. One how do you feel about the way MLB does this where the fans vote for the starting lineup? And number two, how do you feel about fans not voting for the pitchers while they do vote for the, the hitters? Um, I think that there should probably be some component for like maybe they figure out who the pitchers are, but the fan get, fans get to vote for who starts among them. Like give people some choice because I think pitchers deserve recognition, even though the MLB and how they've approached pitchers this year has been, and forever, has always mm-hmm. been weird, right? Um, I think I kind of get that more and more these days. Like, pitchers are a great TV um, presence, but they're often quite, like, I don't know. They're just not nearly as fun in person, uh, especially when you're sitting in the nosebleeds like I always am. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I just feel like they deserve some recognition for, like, how interesting they are. I, I want to be able to vote for, um, you know, like, Brandon Woodruff to start for the National League or something like that. Yeah, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. If the day comes and DeGrom cannot go, right? Yeah. Uh, I would love to be able to do that. Uh, do you think that an element of this is that they want ma- managers to be able to call up the teams and say, because pitching is so delicate, and say, this is who I want. Are you cool with him playing? Give the player and the team a chance to deny it without it being a public uh, thing? Yeah, I, that wouldn't that wouldn't shock me too much. Um you know, actually, a thing I think would be more fun is I think that the All-Star game could have some more of, like, the really electric and lesser-known relievers who have been really good. Uh, and I just think that's just a general thing that I would love to see more of. Um, he's hurt right now, but TJ Antone should be an All-Star. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, like, I want guys like that to have more of a chance. And Do you think that I would think happen that's if antithetical it was in the hands? To- yeah, I think that's that's the opposite of what would happen if the yeah, if yeah, the yeah. players or if, if the if the fans are involved. So, so what about the, an idea of like the fans vote for the starting offense, but the the players themselves vote for the the starting pitchers? I don't. know. I just and and it's public the same way. The ballots kind of get put out at the same time. It just seems like this anticlimactic thing where there's this huge buildup and stretch out of who's going to be starting uh, the starting lineup, and then oh, and the manager picked these five guys. Yeah, it it, it feels fitting, but it feels wrong. But obviously, it does it the same thing for me in some cases, right? (laughs) It it feels like what we expect a little bit. But, you know, it's not the end of the world to me. Um, I think there's just like a realism about it that you just have to have. And if you have that, like, yeah, Yeah. I get it. I think that that's an important qualifier. So before I I say this, I, um, I, I think it's so important that we just accept the that there it doesn't need to be perfect that um and, and again that's easy for me to say not being the guy who's left off of a team who really deserves yeah. to go because I know that does make a big difference in their career and and you know the the recognition so I will qualify that and I will say that I know that fans voting throws a whole bunch of variants in that can make it unfair um but I still like it i do i i I, as much as it frustrates me from time to time i give it a pass i think it's really engaging i want people to care yeah give us a reason to care give us a reason to check out players who haven't seen like imagine you're like a semi-casual fan who tunes into 
like watch the Dodgers once every other week or so, but like owns a Dodgers hat. So you're watching a game and you see it come up, you get on your phone, you realize there's a bunch of guys you haven't heard of who are at the top of the list. I don't know. Maybe that gets you to check out what the Reds are doing. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that gets you to, you know, check out what's going on with like Marcus Simeon, who's been just yeah. stupid good this year. I'm hoping that is the end result. Uh, yeah. Is that, you know, having a part of the process, even, you know, like it's not changing anything, right? But it's good to know that other people are like seeing this a little bit. So. Yeah, I mean, this sort of thing usually bothers me because I don't I'm not a big fan of just popularity contests. And, um, you know, I think skill should win out. But in this case, um, I do think it's kind of a cool thing for fans. I do hate that fans have nothing to do with pitching. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if just throwing pitchers on a list and, and saying, like, here's here are your choices and doing it just like the offense. I don't know if that's the answer. But I do. It does seem weird that it's just. I, I think that fans void. should be able to pick from the starter among the players who are going and going to pitch. That's kind of a neat, a neat way yeah. of doing it. Although yeah, like, I just, bet just each it year that. it would be pretty obvious. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I I like that. Or the other way around, the fans pick the the you know the top five starting pitchers, and then the manager gets to choose you know, the bullpen and the the starter. I don't know. It just seems weird that it's just not there. I, I don't know. Maybe it's not a big deal and it's just weird and I don't like it. And it's not unsettled in my head. I'm shocked um, that there isn't like any sort of weird, like anti-campaign to get someone who's like really bad other than Martin Maldonado to be a starter. Like <laughs> we don't have someone on the pitching side because that's what would happen. I think is that the fans would all vote for um, Alex Cobb or whoever, you know, who's having a bad year and it would really pile on. Like that's my one worry. Um, but yeah, but I mean, that's never really happened with, with hitters. It happened it, in it hockey, didn't easily. it? I think something like that happened in hockey. And then the guy went and scored. Uh, now I don't watch as much hockey as I probably should being a mm. Canadian citizen. Okay. <laughs> I'm a big Bruins fan, but I'll, I'll admit that, um, not being into fantasy hockey, I'm more of a Bruins fan and not so much. a I know the league really well. Um, kind of hockey fan, so I, I don't know. Maybe I should. Um, all right. Well, Alexander, uh, we have talked a lot about All Stars. We have gone long. I think that's fine. I think that's awesome. I appreciate your time. Um, uh, I do want uh, people to uh, once again just remember off the top. I I uh, have. Uh, started putting the Twitter handle and the uh, the um, email account right at the beginning. Talk to us. Send us your comments. Send us your questions. We'd love to do something like a mailbag where we could talk about what it is that you want to talk about instead of just us picking. Uh, we'd love to match what you're hearing to what you want to hear. Um, maybe we're not getting anything because we're doing such a fantastic job, Alexander. But um, you know, it would be great to hear from from all of you out there in in the uh, the uh, podcast verse. Uh, but that's going to bring us to the end of this one. And uh, yeah, Alexander, if you could just remind people where they can find us. Well, they can find you on Twitter at the corked Matt. I'm on Twitter at chase underscore rate. And most importantly, you can find our podcast on Twitter at dugout study hall, where you can send us some questions. Please be sure to subscribe to the picture list podcast feed. If you haven't done that already, leave us a good review. If you can be so kind and if you're not already, please consider becoming a PL Plus member so that you can harass us on the PL Discord. And that's it for me. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll catch you next time.